right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk here on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. And uh, our final show of the week before we head to the weekend, you can hear the KU-Texas Tech game tomorrow with pregame at 4.30, kickoff at 6 o'clock. You could have heard the North Dakota State game last night. We're going to recap that. We're going to look ahead to the Texas Tech game, some Chiefs talk, and some other Friday segments as well here on this edition of RCST. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Right now, you can get Kansas plus 3.5, over-under of 64, plus 145 on the money line. And how about some of these player props that are out, Nick? You tell me what catches your eye. Okay. Jason Bean over under one and a half passing touchdowns. Okay. 225 and a half passing yards. Okay. Devin Neal, 97 and a half rushing yards. That is a high one. Uh, well, I mean, he's coming yeah, off of a 200 yard game. Lawrence Arnold, 36 and a half receiving yards. Luke Grimm, 49 and a half receiving yards. Mm. Over. Point five receiving touchdowns for Arnold is plus two ten for Grimm. It's plus one seventy over point five rushing touchdowns is plus one sixty five for Jason Bean. It's minus one forty five for Devin Neal. What sticks out? If you had to take one, I like Lawrence Arnold over receiving yards. I don't really like Jason Bean over passing yards. Although Texas Tech, with the style of offense that they run, if if they are able to have a lot of success, perhaps Kansas might pass the ball more, but. I would probably go under on that one, over on Lawrence Arnold receiving yards, probably under on Luke Grimm receiving yards too. I don't. He hasn't had that many games where he's had that many yards. I think he would have had it last week um, with Arnold. I I agree with you. I think I'd be going with Arnold. He just had two catches for eighteen last week. But if you're just going based on, well, he could get thirty six on one play. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. If you're just going based on that, yeah, that thirty six and a half. He's crossed that one, two, three, four. Five times this season in the first nine games, and also you have the you know it's a I know Desoto, Texas is is not, uh, pretty far away from Lubbock, Texas. Um, at least I believe so, but because uh, I yeah. thought that was more Dallas area. Um, but it is kind of a homecoming to Texas for him, and you're playing against your former receivers coach who recruited you there with Emmett Jones at Texas. That like I could see him having a big game, so I like that one as well. Uh, you can bet on that along with plenty of other things with the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code KLWN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KLWN. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 and older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus issued is free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. 10 plus leg required for 100% boost. Deposit, parlay, and wait 
wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. We're going to get into the KU football thing in just a second here, but uh, leading off from last night, KU takes down North Dakota State. And uh, the first thing that I wrote down for the recap is just in all caps, quick hands, because KU is the equivalent of I don't know, it's like jazz hands. Like they're just always moving. <laughs> they're knocking the ball away. Um, that was the biggest story for me in that game. That you really saw what KU can do as far as pressuring the ball, getting steals, and what that can mean for this offense. Because when you get in transition and you have a team that at any point in time, depending on the lineup, has a six seven, six eight wing in Jalen Wilson, a six six versatile wing in Kevin McCuller, a six foot eight sharp shooting and dunking wing in Grady Dick, a six foot five linebacker of a wing in MJ Wright. Like this is a really good transition team. You have Ernest Uday runs the floor like a guard, essentially. I mean, it's a really good transition team. So if you get steals, you're gonna really capitalize on them. And yesterday, we saw that. They they got all sorts of steals, deflections, poking balls away. Kevin McCuller and Dewan Harris are going to be nightmares for other teams to play. I, I just got done reading. I would highly recommend reading it uh, in The Athletic with C.J. Moore. He's doing a, a rewatch with Bill Self during the title game and hearing comments and stuff. And uh, something that Bill Self keeps mentioning in that that piece is how much he trusts Dewan and how he won them the game in the second half. And now he told him before the start of the second half, like, I want you to just completely mess up their offense and be the the guy at the point of attack. Now you have two of those guys with Dewan Harris and Kevin McCuller. I'm really excited what this defense can be. Derek, I have seen enough. <laughs> I have seen enough. Your 2023 national champions, Kansas Jayhawks. I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Don't even want to wait for the Duke game. <laughs> I've seen for enough. For their first, like, tough opponent. Uh, I've seen enough. But okay. in all seriousness, Roll the fight. That, was, that was a really good game from KU, and what we talked about yesterday before the game, which was the big situation for North Dakota State, they did nothing, certainly in the first yeah. half. In the first half, they did nothing. Yeah, the so, one really good big, Nelson, who, again, Norm Roberts said he's as good as any Big 12 big. I think he we were talking to Brian Haney, and he told him that uh, he's a possible NBA guy. He went 3 of 10. Yeah, phenomenal work from, from KU on, on that side of the ball. And clearly, I think maybe we might have seen the blueprint for if Kansas wants to run KJ Adams at the five or Jalen Wilson at the five, how they would handle that defensively? Where when you have a when you have lengthy guys on the wing like you were talking about, they can just come down and, and double pretty easily, yeah. and with their length are still able to recover generally, right? So that that seems to be the blueprint for how they can slow down potentially somebody inside if they want to continue to use small guys. Because and then we saw Ernest Uday, who also had a great game, right? So there there was just a lot of positives to take away for Kansas. I mean, when when you look at the game, they didn't. It wasn't just a complete run out of the gym. Like, they didn't just blow them out of the water. But it was pretty thoroughly dominant from yeah. wire to wire. No, there was never any moment like the Omaha game where it's like, oh, man, like, I still think they're going to be fine, but why is this only a seven-point <laughs> game? It was just, you know, like you said, you're, you're constantly up, like, 20, it seemed like, the whole game. Yeah. And, and everything you just said, there, like, it reminded me a lot of Texas Tech last year because Texas Tech a season ago would play, like, either a six-foot – uh, like seven Marco Santos Silva or like a basically six foot eight wing at the center position. And yet like no bigs could do anything against them inside. And it was like, well, what's going on? And the reason why is because they would just trap and yeah, they would the double length. in the post, right? And yeah, they had the length and, and the, the length speed. to recover. And yeah. I think that's what this Kansas team is going to be. Like, yes, even if you don't have that dominant center inside, 
a lot of teams are going to struggle to get the ball inside and then they're going to turn it over a bunch because of their ability to speedily do that. But like you said, yeah, I mean, imagine trying to get an entry pass over Kevin McCord. It's That's hard. going to be very it's tough. It's hard. And then yeah. Dewan Harris comes in and rakes the ball away. Um, but they, it, it seems like to me, I know it's only been two games and it's not like Ernest Uday has just put up a game where he had like 20 and 15 or something like that. Like it was eight and four last night. Those are kind of modest numbers overall, but like every flash we're seeing of Ernest Uday, I think is, is getting you excited of what he could become. Because again, it's, you know, he has to develop the consistency and, and uh, back to the basket game. And, you know, the, the biggest thing that you can do is a bill self, big man sealing off and being able to, to make some easy baskets that he draws up for you. If you can do that well, sealing off for the play, like, there are a lot of little things, but in terms of the athleticism and the length and the ability to rim protect at one end and the ability to rebound and the ability, like I said, that he runs the floor and can throw down some of these law. I mean, it was lobs on lobs last night, whether it was yeah. the KJ Adams one, a bunch of Ernest Uday ones. I was actually impressed with Zuby Edgefer at the five yesterday um, also, but I think it's becoming more clear, like, eventually, and I feel even better. I said before the start of the season, I said, I think K.J. Adams is going to start at the five because he has the most Bill self-trust, and at some point, Ernest Duday will be the starter. I feel really good about that, but I'm wondering if, like, in my mind, I was like, oh, Ernest Duday will start by, like, Big 12 play. I'm kind of wondering if it's going to come before then. And we haven't even gotten into M.J. Rice. <laughs> M.J. Yeah. Rice was crazy. Yeah, M.J. Rice debut. That dude's a, that dude's a lunatic in a good way, though. <laughs> He's a madman. He um he's gonna be an interesting test study this year. Ultra talented dude. He is a like I said, a linebacker. He's 6'5", 200 and whatever, 25, 230 pounds he's of crazy. pure muscle. Um, unbelievable in transition. Like if you get him the ball in the open court, like look out. It's a yeah. freight train coming your way. He's got insane hops. He can dunk it. He can make contested tough shots, layups, and all that. I also do wonder, like, he I think he had like 10 shots in like 18 minutes. <laughs> he's gonna be the ultimate guy of testing Bill Self's nerve, <laughs> I think. A bad shot yeah. on the bench. He could take a bad shot. He's a freshman. He could mess up <laughs> defensively. Like, he's going to be the guy who maybe one game plays like eight minutes because he pissed off Bill <laughs> Self, and then the next game he wins it for you because he makes all these really tough shots and, and he does all this. But, like, to have that guy coming off the bench, I mean, this team is really talented, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. again, I, I don't want to, like, overact. It's been two games and they played two Summit League teams. Like, let's really see what happens I'm when they overreact. play Duke. National champion 2023. I just, they looked really good last night. I've I mean, seen enough. <laughs> Jalen Schott, again, continued to look really good. Uh, Bobby Pettiford, like, continued to look good. The first game, yes. he showed it with the scoring. That game, he showed it with the facilitating. He had eight assists. And, and only one turnover. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, I don't know. Like, it, it's going to be a tough path because Dewan Harris has, technically, if he wants to, he can play two more years after this year. So for Bobby Pettiford, that hypothetically means the entirety of his KU career, if he stu uh, stuck around for four years, would be with Dewan Harris, which makes it a little harder for me to say what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. You like saying this stuff. Bobby Pettiford has the potential to be an, an All-American, like a Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, All-American at Kansas. Again, I don't know if the opportunity will ever be there to put up like the stats for it, but that dude is really good. He's a great facilitator. Yeah. He's got that same ability to get a guy on his hip and, and finish inside. Like, yes, I, I think the shot is still something that you want to see him grow more into, but I don't think it's like a weakness at this point. So I, I don't know. I He's Kansas good. has a really good team. He's and good. Yeah. I guess we'll wait and see how good, right? Is this is this a top 10 team that's going to have some flaws and, and has a lot of talent and is going to go through ups and downs? 
or are they like going to be one of the five clear best teams in the country? And I think that's what we're going to probably learn on uh, Tuesday night and then the battle for Atlantis after that. Okay, uh, I do want to talk a little KU Texas Tech. Again, you can hear the game tomorrow, pregame 4.30, kickoff at 6 o'clock right here on your original home for the Jayhawks, KLWN. Who do you think starts a quarterback? Jalen Daniels, Jason Bean? Jason Bean. Unless Jalen Daniels is 100%, which I don't have any knowledge of otherwise or what it is. So, Jason Bean. Okay. I am, I have. I feel as though I've been vindicated in that take, and I will continue to have it in that you continue to use Jason Bean with what he's able to do, and you only start Jalen until you know, until you are sure he is 100% and totally 1,000% ready to go. Mm-hmm. Then you roll him out there. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be Jason Bean. I mean, if we want to read between tea leaves of things that aren't he was at Media Day necessarily again. correlated. Yeah, it was Jason Bean at Media Day again. Also, did you see the the kind of funny video they put together with like the offensive linemen like protecting him? Bean. That was Jason Bean, yep. not Jalen Daniels. And also, uh, I I don't know if you caught this at at uh, Media Day with Andy Kolnicki when he was talking about Jalen Daniels. The way he phrased what he was saying, he said something like, "Oh, he's still working with the communication team." Mm-hmm. And he then, had, also, but the way he phrased it made it seem like okay, he's still like that's still yeah, he's not like to the level where. Yeah. He's. Well, you heard me mentioning the player props on DraftKings. Notice those were Jason Bean, and no, I, J- Jason Bean's definitely starting. I, I I know that's not everything. Like there was a game on there a couple weeks ago when they played Baylor, where Luke Grimm was on there and he didn't end up playing, but. It's not like draft like that was kind of an out of the blue injury. It's not like Luke Grimm got like injured the game before where they they knew about it. That was probably something that happened over the course of the week. Um, with the Jason like DraftKings or whoever's setting these lines knows that hey, well Jalen Daniels and Jason Mean like we don't know who's going to be the guy. So if we don't know for sure it's going to be Jason Bean, we're just not going to put that prop up there. So I feel like that's all leaning to the idea that it is going to be Jason Bean. Yeah. Um, but again. I continue to throw this term out there because we've we've seen it throughout the Big Twelve, whether it was you know Mike Gundy last week or Oklahoma with Dylan Gabriel against Texas or whatever. There is a bit of of media warfare, so to speak, from the coaches where they try to keep things tight to the vest, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe you got someone to prepare for something and you do something else. So uh, it is possible. I just I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be Jason Bean, and if it's not, then great. Then Jalen's back. Awesome. Um, Obviously, Texas Tech, when you kind of dive into them on the offensive side of the ball, they play at a really fast tempo. They're the fastest team in the country in terms of plays per game. I think they're number two in, like, pace rate. Um, Offensive line has kind of struggled for them. Like, they don't rank well on their offensive line. They've given up a ton of sacks this season. That's been reflected in their pro football grades. They've given up almost twice as many sacks as anybody else in the conference. Which is crazy. That is crazy. They've given up 34. The next highest in the conference is Iowa State with 19. And sure, like, obviously them running more plays, you're going to have more opportunities to get sacked. But, for like, that would explain it if, like, they had 22 when <laughs> Iowa State had 19. But the fact that it's, like, double, like, that's not a good sign. But they, yeah, ha- yeah, they haven't bad. ran the ball well. Um, nope. And they don't grade out there either. Uh, they're averaging just 3.7 yards per run attempt. That's eighth in the Big 12. It's actually the exact same as Oklahoma State, who yeah. Kansas limited to under four yards per carry. I mentioned this earlier this week. I think I said they were third. They're actually fourth in the Big 12 in, in yards allowed per rush at 3.8. It's it's just another game in, in where the KU run defense should be able to shut them down. Or yep. I guess maybe shut them down is, is a little too um, tight, but like, 
if you hold them under four yards per carry, uh, this is a conversation I think we were having. I don't even remember if it was off air or on air. I don't know. Life all bleeds together at this point. <laughs> we were like, well, how much is Texas Tech going to score? And I think, honestly, exactly. like yeah. going back like, to the DraftKings thing, their team total for over-under points is like 31 and a half. That, seems, that might be my favorite bet to take the under. That seems just very high to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, because KU could, uh, again, if this offense is, you look at it statistically, it's very similar to Oklahoma State. Yeah. And I think if you think Texas Tech is going to have a good offensive game, you're just banking on their tempo yeah. being very, very successful. Because, yeah. as you just said, they don't run the ball particularly well. They have a ton of question marks at quarterback. They throw it a lot, and they actually lead the conference in average yards per game passing-wise. But they, it's not like they are just a, this elite passing offense. Right, so it's. I think when you look at what they do, it comes down to a question of will their tempo disrupt Kansas, or will Kansas limit their runs, set them up for third and longs, get off the field, and then you know at that point Texas Tech might only be able to score maybe twenty points. Yeah, and you're hundred percent right with the tempo thing too, because uh, we saw it look good against Oklahoma State. They ran a, a fast tempo in that game, and that's been one of their mos this season. So if that's something where you know, Kansas is able to deal with it the same way they were Oklahoma State, then they should be fine. Um, if they do it the same way that it was against Oklahoma, then that's going to be problematic, and that is how they kind of cross over that boundary. Um, yeah. So if if they you can hold them to, you know, 24 points, which seems reasonable to me, because, again, Oklahoma State had 16, albeit, you know, they had four turnovers. Maybe you don't expect that many turnovers, <clears> but <throat> let's say they score 24 or 27. Can your offense score more than that? You would think yes. Yeah, because Tech isn't elite offensively. The, the one thing that scares you in a game like this is that Tech breaks the game with their pass rush. They are 24th in the country on ESPN's power index for defensive efficiency, so they've been pretty good. They've given up a, a good amount of yards in certain ways, but the one thing that has really helped them is that pass rush. Ty, Tyree Wilson is bona fide star um, he could blow up the game. He helps carry a good pass rush. They've got good interior defensive tackles. The coverage has been a bit of a bugaboo for them, but the pass rush has been so good that it hasn't necessarily mattered. So if the KU offensive line can win at the point of attack, which they have a majority of this season, then they should be okay. But that's the one scare, that the Texas Tech defensive line breaks the game. They get a couple big sacks. That, that stop drives, they maybe get a strip sack, they force Jason Mean into pressure and make him make a throw that he's not supposed to, and it gets intercepted. That That's how KU loses this game, which is kind of funny because for so many years in the past, it's like, man, if KU can be like plus two in turnovers today, they got a shot to be competitive. And I almost view this game as like... Just break even. K, yeah, yeah. KU needs to be the team that just avoids the, you know, the minus two game or something. Like, even if Kansas is minus one in turnovers, I think you got a good shot to win this game. Um, and keep in mind, the Kansas offensive line has only given up five sacks yeah. this season. So that's been one of their strengths. Yeah, and this is probably the biggest challenge. I think Tyree Wilson probably the best pass rusher in the Big 12. Um, so Yeah, him or uh, Enedike Ozama from Yeah, State. and they haven't faced him yet. So that'll be coming up. Um that's that's the challenge. Just avoid them from wrecking the game, basically breaking the game open. If you hold them at will, like you might give up a couple more sacks than you're used to or a couple more tackles for loss than you're used to, and that might inhibit you a little bit offensively. But as long as you don't let them wreck the game, this isn't like a dominant tech defense that you shouldn't be able to. Again, if the defense holds them to 24, can you put up 27? I see no reason why they can't. Yeah, and we heard from Kevin Flaherty earlier in the week that Texas Tech in the last two games – 
they struggle down the stretch in games. They have not been very good in the second half and the fourth quarter particularly. In the last two games against Baylor and their other opponent was uh, TCU. Or TCU? Yeah, 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 TCU, yeah, yeah. yeah TCU and Baylor. Uh, 42-7 to was the combined score in the fourth quarter of those games. They gave up 21 in both fourth quarters of those games. So they've not been good late in games. So just hang so, around. Yeah, exactly. So if you're Kansas and it's a tight game, but you're going into the third and fourth quarter late, like you should still feel pretty good because this is a team that has faded late in their past couple games. And, and if you're Kansas, they haven't really had that issue in a lot of their games. So if they can keep their, their foot to the pedal, then uh, they'll be fine, I think. Yeah, and if you run the ball well, then it and is going to grind them down even you know, more. Exactly, yeah. you grind them down in the fourth quarter, and also you, you know, take away some of that pass rush and and keep them on their back heels. Some other notes uh, for the game for them. Um, I don't know who the quarterback is going to be for them, <laughs> yeah. but honestly, this isn't one where it's like Oklahoma State, where man Spencer Sanders has been really electric this year, and then there's a big drop off to the next guy. Right? This is this is. Three guys that, that are, have all played. It's the Spider-Man meme almost. Like I, I know they're very <laughs> they've different. Been like, yeah, but they've all been yeah. like decent. Yeah, they've all been like decent. None of them have been horrible, and they all do slightly different things. Like Donovan Smith is like a six-five, two hundred thirty-pound yeah. quarterback. Them, he that led can, them to a couple of big wins early he in did. the season, and he can run it a little bit. He was but the he one makes that helped dangerous them beat, passes. Uh, Houston, mm-hmm. Baron Morton, like Tyler Shug, like these are all guys. It, it's kind of the Spider-Man meme in that regard with them all uh, pointing at each other. Uh, both teams have tackled well this season. They're both in the top 30 in tackling great on Pro Football Focus. Yep. And maybe something that could help swing the game for Kansas. Texas Tech ranks 127th in special teams efficiency on the ESPN Power Index. Kansas is 24th. So uh, there's some notes to keep in mind for the game. All right, we're going to take a timeout with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. When we come back, we're going to get to our recap of Rock Chalk Pickahawk and then uh, we got some KU football audio with Jeremy Robinson. KU Mailbag. Coming up at 3.40 here, and we got uh, plenty others coming out throughout the show. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN, depending on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk here on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Our Rock Chalk Pickahawk yesterday got a victory. 113 to 91 over Nick. Tough. MJ Rice turned out to be the difference maker in the game. Yeah, MJ Rice was big for him. He was my last pick. He got 18 yep. points. Yep. Um, hey, but Michael Jankovic, he came three. through with the three. Yeah, he did. Jalen Wilson was the highest scorer with 31. You had KJ Adams as your second pick. He only got six. Yeah, I yeah, I thought he would do more with rebounding, but but hey, Zuby Edgeford came through with 21 for me. Yeah, how about that? That was, that was really good. Zuby, big time off the bench. I think that was more than any center. Ernest Duday had 16. Yeah. Zach Clements had one. Yeah, so really it was it was Jalen and Dewan that carried for you, plus MJ Rice. And I had uh, Grady, Kevin McCuller, and Zuby. But then my other three guys, KJ, Joe Yesifu, and Michael Jankovic didn't really, mm-hmm. didn't really do much. Well, help too. Pettiford got me eight assists because that was yeah. 16 yeah. of his 18 points. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that again on uh, Tuesday for the Duke game. Welcome back in. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're listening on KLWN or KLWN.com or the KLWN app or in the future with the best of RCST podcast. Hello, future you. Sup, future us. (laughs) Wait, does that count for us, too? No. If you're listening to yourself, then it does. Oh, if I'm listening to myself? Yeah. Okay. Then your future you would be listening to your past you. Ah. But this is actually present you 
but for your future year it would be your past you. Okay. Make sense? No, but I'm going <laughs> to nod and smile and okay. act like I don't want to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, we got a uh, KU mailbag. Mail bag. Thank you again for uh, everyone who submitted a question for this week. And uh, in future episodes, you can do that as well by uh, going to any of our Twitter accounts. Sweet at us. Yeah, at Nick Springer 29. The dumber the question, the better. Yes, for sure. Uh, at D Johnson Radio, at RCST 1320. You can also send us DMs. I know some people like to do that. I don't know why. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe don't. I don't know. Whatever. They don't want anybody stealing Doesn't their question. They don't want anybody stealing their yeah. question. No, that's fair. I don't. I don't care why. I just. <laughs> I just don't understand. But I. Hey, if you want to send in a question, I'm happy about it. So thank you. Yes. Okay. The first one from Midwest Sports on Twitter. Andrew Wiggins and Kansas basketball name dropped in Drake's new album on song major distribution. Do you think this was just like somebody who? This is like one of Drake's agents like telling me this, so that now a bunch of KU fans are going to go listen to something. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> does this give a lot of notoriety to KU, and do recruits care about it? First question, um, do you care about it? Uh, personally, I am not. I don't really keep up to date with like mm -hmm. pop culture and, and latest I'm music shocked. and stuff. Uh, why are you shocked by that? Because that you just doesn't seem like I'm seem the type like of guy that is No, I, that I'm stuff? not either. I'm not either. So I'm not like... I'm not like throwing stones. I'm not either. I just uh, like I don't think either of our personalities are people who would be like, "Hey, what's the latest with Kim Kardashian?" Or you know Dude, what I mean? I love Kim Kardashian. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've watched every episode, every second. Wow. Of Kim okay. Kardashian, and I stand corrected. No, I haven't actually. <laughs> I haven't actually. But yeah, but, no, I, I mean, I, I was unaware um, of this. Yeah, I mean, I w I actually was aware via Twitter that, but I haven't listened to the song where he like he says it. Mm -hmm. I've I've seen the lyrics though. So the first part of this answer is, I guess, yes, uh, because Drake is, is, is famous. So I guess, yes. Um, the second part is, I, I I find it hard to believe that a, a recruit, a potential recruit would really <laughs> care about Kansas, would really yeah. care about this. Like, yeah, like, is it is it really going to be like it, the deciding factor comes down to, dude, Kansas was in a mm -hmm. Drake song. Right. I'm going right. to Kansas now. And if it is, do you want that player on your team? No. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I would say no. Well, I'll say that, yeah, I, I think the short answer is no, but I, it can't hurt. It certainly right? gives notoriety to KU, though. Yes, I think exactly. That part, yes. I think that's the bigger point of it. It's it's not going to be, to your point, if he's between picking Kansas and Florida. Well, and listen, I would say that Kansas as a brand has, I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure they've it's gone up significantly over the last you know 12 months or so. Oh, right? for With sure. The national championship, the start that they had for football, college game day, like Kansas is certainly much larger now than it was. You know, yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah, it is the notoriety. It is the. I mean, I guess like and if that, you that really stuff, that stuff matters for like recruitment, and it yeah. certainly matters for uh, recruits. Yeah, but yeah. it also matters for like enrollment, just at the school and everything. Like it's just great for the the school in general. I I I, I guess if this like were to be something that builds on it, right? Where if it's it's not just a one, like if if multiple. Pop like culture if, people are making like references. If Drake came to Lawrence, yeah, and had a concert in Lawrence. That would be a big deal. That would be a big deal. Well, and like, you know, he comes to late night in the fog or whatever. I, oh yeah, that'd be wild. That'd be crazy. Maybe this increases the chance of that happening, even though he is like a Kentucky guy. <laughs> but maybe Kentucky would be like, no, you can't Drake's do that. Kentucky, I don't know. Drake's a Kentucky guy. Oh, big Kentucky guy. Oh no, big dude, Kentucky no. guy. No, um, what? No. Yeah, he like played he was in a, one of their scrimmages. Wait, I thought he was a, like a Toronto Raptors fan. Yeah. I mean, really, he like he's Kentucky? like a fan of like a 
everyone. But okay, but what we're neglecting to talk about here is the Drake curse. Is that still a thing? Remember, he I think every so. team he would root for no, did was the Raptors cursed? win the NBA Finals. I guess they did. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that curse is over. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Um. No, I got. What if like this is something where it's done? Like, like you said, it's not going to be the difference of the kids not going to be like, hey, I'm between these three schools. Drake talked about this one in this song. I mean, go there. But what if this is the difference of as a, a kid who's maybe like 13, 14 years old right now, and they're a really good basketball player, and they're going to eventually be the next five-star recruit in three, four years, and they're listening to the song, and they're like, yeah, Kansas, yeah, I know well, them. And the they're guy, good at basketball. The guy, he, they're didn't, like, he didn't specify it. It could be football, too. And it just sparks their interest. Because as much yeah. as that does sound silly that that would lead to things, I like have friends who like they might be from California and they're like a you know in, in LA there was no like professional football team. They might be like a Philadelphia Eagles fan because um they liked their logo. See, right? I think, I think that's wrong personally. Or because like I have one friend who's a Bengals fan from LA because he was a huge Carson Palmer fan from USC and he went to the Bengals and he didn't have a pro team in LA, so like he's a Bengal. So like there are certain things you latch onto when you're younger that seem so trivial that maybe sparks an interest into something and then that interest grows. So I okay. Maybe I'm convincing myself that it's a it's a possibility. It does matter. It does but matter. Probably not. Okay. Okay. This one from Lane, former uh worker here on the show. Hey Lane. Shout out Lane. Hope you're doing well. Yep. Currently with WIBW. Um after watching his first two performances, fair to say Grady Dick is going to be a one and done. Yes. That well, was a quick answer. Yes. Almost as quick as his jump shot. Hey. Oh. Hey, oh. Uh, yeah, I'll say yes. I just think he's really good, and he's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything he does well translates to the NBA. So once he wins his national title, then I don't see any reason why he would stay. <laughs> I love that little slide in there. Um, I do well, think I he's going to... I do think he's going to be a one and done. I mean, he was already somebody who was like popping up on draft boards before yeah. the season even started. Uh, like I'm looking now. Here's one from Stadium that has him going 29th. This was before the season started. Uh, there was one on ESPN where I think he was going like 19th or something. Yeah, yeah, he'll be. He'll and get he'll get his ring. Yeah, he's living up to off. the expectations, if not exceeding them. Yep. yep. Um, obviously, people in the NBA. Like, if you're not going to be the superstar, fit a certain niche, fit a certain role. Well, what do we know about Grady Dick? He's he a can six, fit eight, those. Three exactly. Point shooter that can also that dunk in transition. Lights out. Like, hey, those things tend to work in the NBA, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think he's going to be a one and done. The better question is, who all goes pro from this Kansas team early? If we want to expand on this, I guess. Not the better question, well, just the expanded question. Grady, uh, are we? If Jalen were to go pro this season, would you consider that early? That's weird, because technically he's a senior. Let's let's set aside. Let's not count Jalen and Kevin McCuller, because technically they're both seniors academically. So let's not count them. Okay. Well, then who's left? What would you set the over under at for other players to go pro? I guess point five. I guess one. I mean, MJ Rice would be the one. I don't. He's not a one and done though. I don't. He think. could. I, 
I would imagine if you asked MJ Rice he and said, like ideally, would you like to be a one <laughs> he, and done? He would he, say He yes. does seem like the kind of guy that, that, yeah. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be that. Like, I'm sure if you asked Wayne Selden, like, before he came to Kansas, do you want to be a one and done? He probably said, yeah, I would love to be. Yeah. And then he ended up staying three years because it didn't well, go again, as well as I, he hoped. I wonder, I mean, for some guys, I'm not saying this would affect some guys in Kansas, but, like, for some guys, the fact that you can get NIL deals now, like, yeah. as you're winning, when you're in college, that could like legitimately that could sway whether mm-hmm. or not you might because like think about it like if you're a guy who for whatever reason you, you feel like you need to earn yourself some money or whatever or you know you see a lot of guys that, that want to earn money for their families and stuff like that that are that are really good but maybe they're not maybe they're not a top three pick but they still go for the draft to get drafted in the late first round early second round right those types of guys they might be willing to continue to to kind of grind and at the college level if they're getting NIL deals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, what about Ernest Uday? I, I know it's crazy right now. He's coming off the bench for this team. But what happens if he does eventually become the starter? And when he is the starter, he balls out. Because, like, I look at a guy like last year, like Mark Williams at Duke, who, now he had more production, obviously, and was able to be the starter for a long period of time. But Mark Williams last year went 15th overall in the draft, 7-foot center with, I believe, like a 7-5 or 7-6 wingspan. Again, had really good production at the college level for Duke. Ernest Duday is like 6'11", with like a 7'4 wingspan, a year younger. Yep. So there are a few things going Mark Williams' way there. But I'm not even saying being you know a first-round pick or a lottery pick. I'm just you know drafted at like all. Those, I, I like think those types chance. of guys. I, I don't think it's going to happen, to be clear. So I'd probably take the under on point five from there. Like Grady Dick would be the one outside of Jalen and Kevin McCuller. But yeah. it's not impossible that one of those two other guys you know has that type of season to go pro okay this one from mike if you had to speak like an animal which would it be and why all right so i took there's two ways you can look at this okay firstly i think it would be cool to just roar like a lion or a bear you know what i mean (laughs) i mean you'd be like you know what i mean like wouldn't that be cool sure to speak like that so there's you can look at it that way or how cool would it be to be like a chipmunk or like a squirrel. The chipmunks like make a, noise? Or like a prairie dog. You know, the prairie dogs, they do those little squealing, you know, like, poke, yeah. like, like, like imagine you poke your head out of your little hole and you're like, you know, <laughs> talking to your buddy or whatever. Like, you know, wouldn't that be cool? So th- those are what I'm thinking. I'm I, Honestly, I'm leaning towards being like a like a squirrel or prairie dog. I think that'd be mm. a lot of fun. I think it'd be cool cow. Like there's something. Just moo. Yeah, there's something people, just at, classic at about a good moo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good answer. Um, dog. Or like a dolphin. Yeah, dolphin would be a good one. You could be a dolphin. Yeah, I like that one. Um, or, uh, you can communicate with what a is sea it? lion. What does sea lion do? Don't they? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a high pitched dog. Yeah, like a dog. Should we mention dog or cat at all? Like, do you want to yeah, meow I mean, or, eh. or woof? Well, those are just they're just low hanging fruit. Yeah, like, you know. I think if you did dog, you definitely could not be like one of those should, small yippy dogs. It should be specified as not domesticated. <laughs> okay, I like that. Uh, what about a horse? Like a you, you want to just neigh? run around neighing? Yeah, that wouldn't kinda, be bad. That's kind of lame, I think. You think it's lame? It's lame. Yeah. There's so many animals that I have no idea what they sound like. What Does do a mean? camel make a noise? Does a zebra talk? Uh, maybe. Does a shark say anything underwater? I don't know. See, it's a good question. What I'm saying. Well, the underwater ones are tougher because they're. Uh, we should probably mention monkey. Like that would be a really fun, easy one. It's just you know, ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh, yeah, right? yeah. I suppose so. 
But like, I'm already a human, and a monkey's close enough to human. Like, if I'm gonna have the opportunity mm. to be something else, can't orangutans learn how to do like? I think this is with language. a lot of chimps. Yeah, they do, do like sign, sign language, language, right? Yeah. So you could just learn how to do sign language oh, see, that's that way. Boring. <laughs> I know. I'd rather be a lion at that point. I feel like there's an obvious one we're gonna miss out on. Oh, what about like a songbird? Oh, just or any bird? Any bird in general, but specifically, you know, one that makes pretty music, I guess. Okay. You wouldn't want to be a rooster? Oh, uh, that's just a pretty people, good. You know how mad? annoying that would be. Yeah, make Everybody mad would hate morning. you exactly, everywhere yeah. you go. Exactly. Yeah. Just, I don't think you want to be a rooster. No, you wouldn't want to be. That'd probably be at the bottom of this. I like this question. This is fun. If you have any okay. uh, thoughts on what we should take, let <laughs> us know. Uh, this one from Craig: Is it possible if Kansas loses out? Said in quotations. Just asking about worst case scenario. They still wouldn't make a bowl game. Okay, I have two two thoughts on this. Yes. Number one, I think technically yes. This is this is correct. But number two, why are you having these thoughts? <laughs> why are you allowing these thoughts in your head? He's just double checking. No. He's just why? Double checking. Why? 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 Why are you having these thoughts in your head? He's just you know. He's just making Our production sure. director Joel just walked by the window and I was I was flailing madly and he. Oh, I he think, thought you were like. I think he thought I was under duress. Him, but no, yeah, we're we're good. We're good. <laughs> but why are you having these thoughts? Stop. Don't. No. Stop having these thoughts. Well, um, positivity. Come on. So these, positivity. These are all the bowls that the Big 12 has tie-ins with. Obviously, they could make the playoff, and then they have the uh, All-State Sugar Bowl for the, the top Big the 12 playoff? team. Are you just saying Big 12? No, no, no. I'm, oh. just, I'm just going through in general for the Big 12 bowl tie-ins because this is where it's going to all wrap up. Um, so if TCU makes the playoff, it basically would increase the chance of everyone in the Big 12 filling a slot. Now, if they don't, let's say TCU doesn't and they just go to the Sugar Bowl instead of the playoff. That would leave the Alamo Bowl, the Cheez-It Bowl, the Tax Act Texas Bowl, where's the that, AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Wait, where's the Texas Bowl? Are you serious? No, no, like specifically. Oh, okay. Obviously, I know it's Houston, Texas. Texas. Okay. I was like, come on. I was like, I was like uh, wait a second. It's in Chicago. No, um... <laughs> So the Liberty Bowl, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, and the Welcome Lockheed Martin to Ireland for the Texas Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, it says the the seventh selection is a flex pick between the Armed Forces Bowl and the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. So I guess it could be one of the two. So that means there's seven that they have bowl tie-ins to. But if again, if a team makes so, the playoff, uh, okay, then it'd be like on. they have eight. Hold on, timeout. I'm confused. Yeah. If all, if all of those seven get filled out by other teams that aren't Kansas, can Kansas just go to another bowl that they don't, they're not tied Hypothetically, to? Hypothetically, yes, but this is where this question comes in. Most years, there are not enough bowl-eligible teams to fill slots. So, like, in this scenario, the Big 12, let's say eight teams are bowl-eligible for the from the Big 12, and TCU does not make the playoff. Because if there's eight teams, if TCU makes the playoff, then... You know, the Sugar Bowl, everybody gets bumped up. Like, the number two team goes to the Sugar Bowl, right? So that would still be okay. But if eight teams are bowl eligible and TCU's not in the playoff, they're in the Sugar Bowl, that means one Big 12 team would not get a Big 12 tie-in bowl bid. So hypothetically, yes, there would be a chance that Kansas would not actually go to a bowl game in that situation, which is actually a possible scenario no, based on what happens with Oklahoma, it's, Iowa it's, State, no. Texas Tech, and West Virginia. I refuse to believe this is a possible scenario. Now, that said, what you we were just talking about, uh, about there not being enough, you know, that they could go to another bowl game, there's probably not going to be enough eligible bowl teams. And so what will happen is 
let's say the Big Ten has, I, I don't know what theirs is, but hypothetically they have nine spots to fill and they only have eight eligible teams, then Kansas would take one of those nine eligible spots. So most often it works out and that everybody from a Power Five, if you're bowl eligible, ends up making it. But there is a slight possibility it would not happen. I, I would like to think that because of the story for Kansas, that like if you're the sixth or seventh bowl picking and you're going, hey, I want to bring this school, like... They would probably go, yeah, we should probably go to the story of Kansas. But if you want to secure it, even more important why you need to win against Texas Tech, because it would increase the chance that there wouldn't be that overflow of teams that are bowl eligible in the Big 12. Okay, so Craig, listen, I understand you're a K-Football fan, and I understand that as a K-Football fan, you generally tend to think of whatever the worst possible outcome could possibly happen, because that's normally what's happened to K-Football. Listen, I'm here, man. I'm here. We don't need to have this negativity anymore. We don't need to have this worst I, I, again, possible scenario I don't scenario think he's anymore. being negative. He's just like we don't need to have this trying worst, to know. We don't, we, don't, I, I, we don't need to think about it, okay? We don't need to think about it. We got we to cleanse. We got to do a palate cleanse. Again, I, of, I think he's just curious. Of the, of just curious. Thinking of the worst case scenario for K football. Okay, that's the last one from Terry. Uh, what will it take to secure Lance Leipold winning Big 12 Coach of the Year? Well, I think if TCU goes undefeated and makes the playoff, that's, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. Like he, I don't think at that point it'd be Sunny Dykes, uh, but I think for Lance, I, I, you you probably have to go eight and four, right? I think there's at like least. a give and take with the uh, with Sunny Dykes, what he does. Like you said, if he goes undefeated, he's getting it. Yeah. Um, I, you could honestly make the argument now that Lance Leipold just deserves it now, regardless but like, of what happens. If Texas beats TCU and then KU beats Texas, yeah, and KU's you know eight and four, I think it takes one of two things, either. TCU loses twice, or Kansas wins a seventh game and TCU loses once. That to me gets it done. Maybe that you would think, be crazy seven to give it to a seven and five. Seven coach. wins is enough. I to think me, they need it to win. should I think they be need to win eight. I think they, I, I, they have yeah. to win against either Texas or K State. Well, now that you say, I think you. In my eyes, he has done enough to deserve it. If Sonny Dykes loses a game or two. But I think you're right. From the national perspective, from the whole Big 12, you're probably right. You probably got to win eight games to to get the full, you know, votes. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. One hour down, two to go. We've got game picks coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Some more KU audio coming up on the other side. Chiefs preview before the game against Jacksonville. This is RCST. Four o'clock hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. The Kansas City Chiefs take on the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday in Arrowhead Stadium. Do hey, quick question actually. Yeah, I just had this random thought. Um, do you think when Jacksonville goes and plays in London, which they've done a couple times, mm-hmm. are they the Jacksonville Jaguars to the British people? Jaguars, Jaguars. Yeah, I don't know. Probably, yes. Maybe they just call them the Jags. <laughs> I don't know why that just came to my head. Yeah. Well, how about this? Jacksonville what? is 0-20 in their last 20 games in under 55-degree weather. That's like, that's just like so comically hilarious. Like, I, like A warm-weather like, team. How does that even happen? I think it's more so just, I, I don't think I view anything to that as like, oh, they just shrivel up in the cold. I think it's just a combination of they're bad. <laughs> And so they're going to lose a lot of games they're anyway. They're not even that bad. I don't know. I mean, they had the number one pick back-to-back years. <laughs> like, okay. whenever they go play a cold-weather team under 55 degrees, they're playing like the Bills or the Patriots. 
So, of course, yeah. they're losing a lot of those. I don't know. But the Chiefs. It's going to be under 55 degrees on it Sunday. It is. The cold front moved in, and it's going to be cold. Should we expect a – because this would be the classic, hey, the Chiefs just got a big win over the Titans. Um, they have a letdown game, right? Or should we not expect that because last week, to a certain standpoint, even though they won, was kind of a letdown weird game? Uh, Eric, you don't understand. This is That's not how the Chiefs work. <laughs> okay. The Chiefs work in which they let they let you down – and then they come back and beat a and beat another team after that. So, I again, I'm one so for one. you think one. this could be a letdown? I'm then. no, 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 no. Let me explain. I'm one for one in predicting the Chiefs in terms of Tennessee. Everything that I predicted that would happen in the Tennessee game happened. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to predict for this game: the Chiefs are going to win like 27 to 14, 34 to 14 in the most forgettable, unmemorable game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and and the Chiefs are going to win, and somebody somewhere is going to try to extrapolate some grandiose conclusion from this game, when in reality, it's just the Jaguars, it's going to be an unforgettable game, the Chiefs are going to win, they're going to win easily, it's going to be whatever, just kind of a ho-ho-ho-ho-hum game, and everyone's going to forget about it, and the Chiefs are going to go win the Super Bowl. Hmm. What, is, what does the Super Bowl have to do with this game, though? <laughs> I was wondering if you would catch that. I feel like that's your new thing. You're just dropping in. Well, KU's going to win the title, and then Grady Dick's going to go pro. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that's my prediction for this game. The Chiefs are going to just they're just going to kind of sleepwalk win. in. They're going to yeah. It's going to be a boring, a boring, win. not just win, a boring cover. We'll we'll have that on our game pick. So I guess yeah, it's yeah, it's just going to be whatever. It's going to be the most forgettable, unmemorable game of all time. No one's going to remember this game at the end of the year, and the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Was That's it the last time they played the Jaguars? It was a. I was at that it was game. A home game. Was I that was the at game that, that like, game. The last time they played the Jaguars. Didn't Blake Bortles like throw an interception off his like center's helmet or something? Am I misthinking I here? I, I was at the last Chiefs Jaguars. He like game, threw it and hit was, the center's helmet and popped in the air, and then the Chiefs picked. That it was off. three years ago or four years ago. I think so. Twenty nineteen. I, I was at that been. game. And what I what I recall from that game is that this is what happened. The forecast for the game was like seventy and sunny. Okay, I roll up to the game in like a jersey, you know, in shorts, whatever. Like an hour before kickoff, there's just a random torrential downpour for like 30 minutes. Why didn't you plan ahead into the forecast? I uh, The forecast said it wasn't going to rain. And then it did. And then the Chiefs won. I don't remember the rest of it after that, beyond that. I just remember the Chiefs won. Maybe there was another – the Sammy Watkins game, that was in Jacksonville. I'm talking about the last time they played in Kid City, which is the one that you're referring to. Um, oh, yeah, I guess they played him in Jacksonville too. Yeah, that was the Sammy Watkins game, I think, to open the season. He had like 200 receiving Oh, and yards. then he got hurt and didn't play for like 12 games. Sammy Watkins getting hurt and not playing? What? <laughs> um, that was mean. I shouldn't have said that. That was kind of mean. Sammy Watkins won the Chiefs' Super apologize Bowl. to Sammy. Okay, uh, are you just saying all this about this being kind of a boring, kind of lame win because McCole Hardman might not play? Andy Reid said it would be a stretch for him to play today. Well, he's not going to play today. Well, I mean, today (laughs) at his press conference, Andy Reid said it would be a stretch for McCole Hardman to play on Sunday. Okay, tough guy. Okay, my bad. (laughs) My bad. Um. That, that does factor into it, yes. I, I'm considerably less interested when Nicole Hardman is not playing. I love that most people are like, I just need Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and inject that into my – you're like, no, I significantly dropped down an in interest with no Nicole Hardman. 
If Michael Hardman's not out there, oh, man, it's tough. I mean, oh, okay, listen. In all seriousness, there are some interesting things that you could keep an eye on in this game. I think number one is Kadarius Toney, mm-hmm. what he does, how much they use him. They specifically designed to get him in for, like, what, 10 plays or whatever, 15 plays against uh, in the last game. I was I was pretty shocked with how – it was like he only played, I think, 9% of the snaps. But he just, which he just got the ball every, every time. time, yeah. So what does his usage look like? Does it increase? Does it stay the same? Does he get the ball more? Whatever. They may have a few more plays for him. Whatever. No. It, and also, you, you assume if Miko Hardman is out, you would think that that means Kadarius Tony might have more chances, right? So okay, this goes back to the discussion of of what people had with uh, Christian McCaffrey when people were like, "Well, he just joined the team. How is he going to learn the playbook?" Blah, blah blah blah. How hard is it to run a jet sweep? Okay, you run across the line of scrimmage. Mahomes hands it off to you, yeah. and you run. Like I don't understand. Like <laughs> what? No, it's just it's the bigger part of the playbook. But you're right. But it for doesn't like, matter. For like, engineered plays like, like that, yeah. I I didn't I don't understand that at all. Like yes, obviously there are you know like timings and complicated stuff like that. But like if you have a guy new to the team and he's a, a playmaker like McCaffrey or Kadarius Tony with his ability to you know with his change of direction and everything, like how hard is it to just huddle up, call the play, and then go to Kadarius Tony and be like, hey, listen, run, do this, okay. Boom! There you go. Now he knows the play. You told him what to do. Like, what? I don't understand what's so hard about that. I think there's more nuance than you're giving it. And I the don't idea think that, there like, is. You can't every play just like like. Listen, we're gonna run HB dive. I'm gonna hand you the ball. Just run right up the middle. Well, from that standpoint, like yes, you could probably do the jet sweep. But like, there's more to it than just like run. Like you gotta know where the guys are blocking and, and where you're supposed to go. I think. But Not yes, if you're I, Christian McCaffrey, I, I do think or Kadarius Tony. I, I do think that there's gonna be more Kadarius Tony this week. Um, whether it is just another week in the playbook, whether it is McCole Hardman being out, he'll probably take the role of those McCole Hardman like jet yeah. sweeps and whatnot. The nuance to the jet sweep is just run faster than everybody else. Yeah, like it's not hard. Who do you think returns punts? Because McCole Hardman did it last game. Yeah, do you he think did. we see Kadarius Tony, or do you think they go um, back to Sky Moore? Do you think it's someone else? I don't know. That's a good question, actually. I, you know what I would say? Hmm. Nobody. Nobody? Don't just return like, punts. Just let it roll as far as possible. It's going to be a 65-yard punt, but that's okay. We okay, I will it. say, in the NFL, the nobody return punt strategy is not as good because NFL punters are really, yes. really good. Okay? <laughs> exactly. Like, at, like for KU, for instance, like KU should never return punts. They shouldn't even put anybody back there. Just let it back. Who cares? Like, right? NFL punters are really good. Like, stupidly good. Like, it doesn't even make sense how good they are. <laughs> So, yes, put a guy back there for those guys. Okay, I think that... Also, I, I kind of want to see Tony back there, but also he hasn't returned punts in a long time. I so just like, Okay, I'm just going to be honest with you. Full mm-hmm. disclosure, honesty hour. Yes. I just don't care. You don't care at all. I don't care at all. You say that, there's going to be like a muff punt now, and it's going to be your fault. I don't care who's back there. I okay, really don't. here's something you that you might care about. How many punt returns for touchdowns have there been in the NFL this year? Two? One? I don't yeah, even know. You zero? Get, you know 10, How many kickoff returns for touchdowns have there been? I don't You're know. You're like zero? 100 or zero. It's like touchdown or nothing. You can't have a... Because that's what happens. <laughs> you have a 10-yard return. You get return, stopped to the 10-yard yard... No. <laughs> no. Oh, also, 100% of the time, there's a holding. I, I don't think that's 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 accurate. an official yeah. accurate stat with I, that I have seen with my own eyeballs. All right, well, here's an accurate stat for you. The Chiefs ran for negative 400 yards last game. Yeah, the run game's got to do something. Do you think there could be a run bit game. of an overcorrection Please. in this game in the standpoint of 
Because we we have seen the occasional Andy Reid game where, like, I I always the one that comes to mind. The Chiefs were playing at Buffalo. It was like a Thursday night game a couple years ago. When they just ran it 50 Yes, times. they ran for like 250 <laughs> yards in that game. And it was like all the national talk after that was, oh, see, they're finally becoming a balanced offense, and like this is what they're going to do the rest of the season. It's going to keep defenses off guard. Okay. And they're not going to know what to do, and they're going to be a good running team now. And then like by a week or two later, it's like, Back to normal, where they're like never running the football. Here's what I will say about I the do idea. wonder if for this Sunday though, if they're going to because of the lack of running, like if they're going to be like, hey, we want to emphasize the ability that we can run the football. Like, let's do everything in our power to do that. I, I disagree. I, here's what I will say about having a a, a balanced offense. Mm-hmm. You don't need one. You Mahomes throw it a hundred times. You won when you did that, but you scored. 20 points well, through that's because, overtime, that's right? Because you're, that's because you just the Chiefs did dumb stuff. Listen, I'm not I'm not advocating for that the Chiefs should become a running offense or even a balanced offense in terms of like 50-50. What if like, they just rolled out with the flex bone? Well, that would be unique. Uh, Travis Kelsey, a quarterback. I just like, <laughs> I, and I'm not even saying, like the Chiefs are still at their best when they're passing more than they're running, right? And, and you never want to take the ball out of Patrick Holmes' hands. It, it's more, honestly, it's less about the amount that you run the ball. It's more about just, are you efficient when you run the ball, right? Well, the Chiefs are neither of those things. Yeah, and they're not. And so you wonder if you do have to run a little more to gain a rhythm and, and figure something out this week, whether it's who's carrying the ball, whether it's so giving the offensive line those chances. what you're saying is you just want the Chiefs to have second and nine every set of downs. No, no. That's what you're saying. No, I'm saying you need to no, figure yep. out how to not be in second after and nine the, anymore, After the right? kickoff, the Chiefs take over at their own 25-yard line. It's second down and nine. No, and again, I, like there is a a nuance there with you know running the ball, and and there is a advantage to passing on first down. So again, I'm not even, but for a team that's going to be playing like when you're playing the Bills and a lot of these teams and the, and the Bengals we saw in the AFC Championship, who at times are going to basically rush three linemen, maybe four, and bring everyone back into coverage, and they're basically daring you to run the football. You have to, in those situations, be able to run the ball. And so that's not every play. That doesn't mean a fully balanced offense, but it does mean that in those situations you have to do it. After last week when you couldn't run the football with the running backs at all, you'd like to see kind of a course correction this week that says we still do have that ability if we need to. And so I think they are going to put an emphasis on it. The Titans have a a really, really, really good run-stopping D-line. Yeah, they do. Jeffrey Simmons is a beast inside. Yeah, so I almost almost think that it's a a bit of an overreaction to just full-blown hit the panic button and say that the Chiefs can't run the ball after the Tennessee. So I'm not hitting the panic button just because, again, it'll never be the main thing of the offense, but don't you think this isn't just the Titans game? Like, that was the worst of it, but like... No, they haven't been able to run the ball at it's all. It's obviously been a, a you know a question mark to say the least. But I think the overreaction is to be like, okay, now they can't run at all. But mm-hmm. they just faced the Titans D line that was really good at stopping the run. So I think there's going to be maybe a correction from that standpoint. But yes, run game, please do something. Uh, defensive side of the ball. Here's something for you, Trent McDuffie. Has not allowed a completion in coverage yet this season. That's bananas. I think and I, I know like it's. A, what, think, three games now? Yeah, yeah. And he hasn't played that many. I mean, I think he's played a, I think the official stat was like he's played like 45 coverage snaps. Yeah. And he hasn't a lot of completion. So obviously not a small, very small sample size because he's been hurt. Still. He's good. He is very good. Do you think that – I don't know. It's almost like the, there's this 
in my eyes, like, transition happening with these corners where, like, the best corners in the league right now feels like, like all of them are rookies. Yeah. Like, Sauce Gardner, Sauce Gardner might yeah. be the best corner in the NFL. He's a rookie. Yeah. Uh, that Tariq Woolen guy for Seattle, he's really good. Uh, Troy McDuffie, like, it's been size. awesome so far. Yeah, yeah. small samples. I don't know. It's it's very. Yeah, but weird. I do think it, it is interesting that I think you could look back in a couple years at what the Chiefs did in, with their secondary this season, and uh, you know, letting go some of their veteran guys, Tyron Matthew, uh, letting go Rashad Fenton, like, and really basically saying, okay, we're going to use these super young guys. We're going to use Trent McDuffie is going to be our cornerback one as a rookie. We're going to have Jalen Watson. We're going to have Josh Williams. Like. In two or three years, you could look back and, and be like, wow, the Chiefs put together a really young defensive core and they turned out awesome, right? Like, that could be a real, that could be a real discussion mm-hmm. you could have in a couple of years. It'd be like, look at this gamble the Chiefs made on a bunch of really, really young corners on, on cheap contracts, and they turned into one of the, one of the better secondaries in the, in the league. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, the, that could be the case in two or three years. You look at the Jaguars offensively, they have basically like a, a league average offense. Um, they have the 38 points against the Chargers. Outside of that, they've been 27 or below every game. So, probably not an offense you worry about having a big outburst. Travis Etienne is good. awesome He's at good. running back. That'll be a challenge for the Chiefs to. To try to keep him in check, Trevor and Lawrence has taken steps up, but he's still not like that good. Frank Clark is still suspended, right? This'll I be believe this game. is last. Yeah, this so is what he'll be back after. Yeah. yeah, so this will be the last one for him. So I don't think you should have any trouble in this game, and I I, I do kind of think I'm not really expecting that uh that letdown game. You 27, take, 27, 14. That would be well under the over under is fifty one and a half. It might be thirty four fourteen. <laughs> so you're still taking the under. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Anytime touchdown scores. Let's see who sticks out here. Isaiah Pacheco plus one sixty. They actually give him a touchdown. No. Uh, Kadarius Tony is plus two eighty. Okay. MVS plus two forty. No. Noah Gray plus six hundred. Listen. Michael I, Burton fifteen listen, to one. MVS fullback. His his over under for receiving yards last week was like forty. Mm-hmm. I don't think he got a target until like the fourth quarter. So I don't know what to think about that. Mm. Yeah, his he's not even on here for this week. Travis Kelsey, 77 and a half. Anyway, you can do that at DraftKings <laughs> if you want to get involved on it. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk Lie Detector Test. <laughs> Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson here. Tomorrow, you can hear the KU football game with pregame at 4.30 and kickoff at 6 o'clock between the Jayhawks and the Red Raiders. And that is no lie. As we get on to our lie detector test here on a Friday, we tell you if we think someone's lying, they're telling the truth. First up is LeBron James. So LeBron has, uh, I don't know, been noted before for... Maybe getting away with a fib. Like, remember when he had the Godfather book and, and was talking <laughs> about that? And it was pretty clear that remember like, the, Jaylen, the when he tweeted, like, I told my buddy Jalen Suggs is going to make this shot. He's going to make the game winner. There's a bunch of those. Uh, so, this is from it's sad news. I don't mean to make light of the sad yeah, part sad. of this, yeah. but um, Takeoff, who is a rapper, is part of Migos. Uh, tragically died recently and 
This is what LeBron James said. Quote, I was listening to those guys my first year with the Heat in 2010. You can ask any one of my teammates back then. They had no idea who the Migos was. I was like, I'm telling you, these guys are next. Migos didn't have their first song released till 2011. Yikes. Lie detector test, LeBron. Lie detector test. I mean, I feel like that was a lie. Right? Okay, but I will say, listen, I mean, have you've definitely had these types of moments where, like, something happened and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe it was like it happened like five years ago, but you were like, oh, yeah, I remember six years ago I did this thing, mm-hmm. right? But it was like five, you know what I mean? Like, most people have probably yeah. had something. So do you think it was just him misremembering then? Uh, yeah, I think so. It could be or plausible deniability. Yeah. But do you really believe that LeBron was the one breaking the news about Migos to all these other players? <laughs> that that no part. other player was like, no, I've never heard of them. Never. That never. part, I think, was is is at the very best a stretch of the truth. Because <laughs> I agree. I, I, The dates can easily get mixed up, so that's not yeah. a big deal. But him actually being like, yeah, I discovered them for the team. I knew them before. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. I don't know tough. if I buy it. Yeah. So, yes. Lie. Lie. All right, this one from Mike Gundy. This is this might be my favorite one of the week. Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy. This is a quote. I would assume he was asked. I, this is from Cody Nagel of uh, 24-7 Sports for the Oklahoma State site. Uh, I would assume this was just in regards to hey, question asking. I, I, don't know. I don't know if this is going on or what. Quote from Mike Gundy. Everybody needs to relax. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Famous last words. As a direct quote. Is everything going to be fine? Do you think Mike Gundy is lying? <laughs> um, I mean, he, maybe he maybe he believes everything's going to be fine. So you think and if in Spencer his own Sanders mind? Sanders comes back for Oklahoma State, like they could salvage what? Because what are they're six and three right now? Yeah, yeah, they could salvage their what their situation. Yeah, is. I mean, they're bowl eligible. Everything is fine. I mean, obviously, if you're Oklahoma State, a preseason top what top ten team, top twelve team, and something like the, that preseason. Mm-hmm. So. Probably they had higher expectations for reaching the Sugar Bowl or maybe even the College Bowl playoff. So, from that standpoint, maybe everything's not fine. But, uh, yeah, this is – listen, on the list of things you should never say when you're faced with, like, a, a bad situation, number one should be everything's going to be fine. You should not be saying that. Yeah, it's just – it's the meme with the guy, the dog it's like, in the you room know, that's on fire. It's like Aaron Rodgers, you know, relax. <laughs> relax. He did both. He said everybody needs to relax. It's fine. Yeah, that's, double, that's a double whammy of um, just things you should not be saying. Okay, so uh, is Mike Gundy lying? I, I do think that he is not he could lying. Believe it. He could believe it. But I think, uh, actually, I don't know. I kind of think that deep down he's like, this I think is he, not good. Yeah, I think Mike Gundy's the type of guy that this could be a lie. Like, do you really think him losing back-to-back weeks to the two, oh, he's, two oh, Kansas he's, schools by yeah. a combined what? 70 points. Yeah, he, he's mad. He's definitely mad. Yeah. So it's not fine. He's remember, not happy uh, about who it. Was, who was it that we had on the show? It was the Oklahoma guy. Yeah, actually. Scott Wright. Yeah, who said that there, there was this idea of you don't want to be the team that loses to Kansas. And you were. And not only did you lose, you got pretty much manhandled. Yeah. No, I, I mean, again, like if we take these statements each on their own, like if you divvy it out, everybody needs to relax. Yeah, that's not a lie. Everybody probably does need to relax, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, everybody take, could, a, take a chill pill. Yeah, man. Everybody, could, everybody could use a, a little yeah. bit more relaxation. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, they're a bowl-eligible okay, team, yeah. and I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, in the grand scheme of things, everything probably is bowl-eligible or not, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's fine. But no, from his standpoint as a head coach after the last two weeks, I don't think he actually does feel it's fine. 
So no, everything's not fine, Mike. Okay, this one from uh, Jim Ursay, the Colts owner. This who, is the best one, I think. They hired uh, Jeff Saturday as the new head coach. So I'm confused. Which, when this just news a weird came story. out, they it said they hired him as the interim head coach, but is he like mm-hmm. actually hired as like the actual full? I would assume it's a. Coach. It's almost like a. It's trial. like a trial run. Yeah, that if it. Because I don't know what they have eight more games. If they go like four and four, maybe, or if they, maybe they go three and five, but he's like. There was enough progress there, then maybe they're going to hire him. I don't know. This is just a very weird situation. This is a guy in Jeff Saturday who was a longtime Colts center, great all-time center for the Indianapolis Colts, and then got out of you know football and, and went to like ESPN. I think he did some coaching at the high school level, but I don't believe was actively coaching. And again, just being like an analyst with ESPN, he just got hired. To be their head coach in the NFL. <laughs> he hasn't been a coordinator or an assistant coach in the NFL. He He's wasn't coaching nothing, in college. Nothing. He just got hired off the streets, too. And it's like none of the players, he has no like relationship with the players or knows anything with the staff or the scheme that they're running or the plays they're running. It is weird. Here is what Jim Ursay said of Jeff Saturday. Quote, I am glad he hasn't had the NFL experience. He added to it because he hasn't coached. He said that Jeff Saturday doesn't have the fear the coaches often have, and they often turn towards analytics for decision-making. Is that a shot at Nathaniel Hackett? <laughs> just, oh, my gosh, dude. Because, okay, I don't under, I don't understand the logic behind claiming that there are coaches that have fear when the, the decision-making because there's been analytical coaches like Brandon Staley who who do, do go the opposite way. Frank Reich was right? analytic coach. Right, like so they go the opposite saying way. saying that Frank Reich was using analytics because he was afraid. He's afraid of I, what? I do not know, but something. I'm afraid. The analytics monster. Be scared. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah this is a... He's intriguing. glad he hasn't had the NFL experience. An intriguing case study. Dude, I think Jim Irsay actually believes that when he says it. Like, he's a very brash guy. Yeah, he is. But I think everyone else would be like... Because, I mean, you could be a good NFL coach without having good experience. So I don't mean it from this standpoint. But wouldn't you rather he has NFL experience? You know what I mean? Yes. And this doesn't even say head coaching experience. Wouldn't you rather them be around the NFL? Wouldn't you rather them know things about the team? I mean, I'm sure he's... I'm sure Jeff Saturday's in the know about some stuff because he played for them and everything. But, yeah, I mean, certainly not to... That level, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's it's not good. But yeah, I but, don't think you know, he's listen, lying. When the Colts finish the season with eight straight wins, <laughs> we're gonna look like clowns. Uh, okay, um, Aaron Rodgers. This was Aaron Rodgers. What he said back on October 25th. So we're evaluating Aaron Rodgers on October 25th for okay. the lie detector test. Okay. Quote. This is an exact quote. Guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. You know, gotta start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, give them a chance. Hey, hey, Last hey. week against the Lions, yeah. what did he do? Two red zone picks! Three! Oh, three! My bad. Yeah. Even worse! Three! Three, three of the them. goal line, basically. Three of a kind. And they lost. They scored nine points on what a Lions defense that has been horrendous. Aaron Rodgers, bench yourself. I mean, he just said it. So, he like, either. Say it. So bench yourself. The proof is in the pudding. If he starts this week, then he's a liar. He's a, he's a liar, yes. Yeah. Yes. But yes. If, if he doesn't. Many, Many lies detected here. If he gives Jordan Love some reps and says, you know what, I'm a man of my word, then he's I not. I suck. I'm going to bench myself. <laughs> I'm terrible. I just lost to the Lions. 
for like the first time in my career, mm-hmm. probably. And it like very was like pointed at him for like being at the center of being the fault. Bad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Sean yes, McDermott. This is, this is a lie. Yeah, I agree. This is a lie. Uh, he's not going to bench himself because he's he's got he's got too much of an ego. Yeah. He's Aaron Rodgers. Agreed. Who I'm Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Try not throwing an interception, Aaron Rodgers. Especially on the goal line. Yeah. Just think if they, you know, make even two field goals of the three drives then end in interceptions at the goal line. They win the game. I hope Aaron Rodgers listens to this show. <laughs> I hope he's like, man, these guys are just clowning on me. Yeah, he's the biggest fan. He always sends in KU mailbag questions, but I never answer them. <laughs> We're above it. Now, uh, Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. So the Bills ruled out Jordan Poyer, Greg Rousseau, for the Sunday game. As far as Josh Allen, which is the big news, he is being considered, quote, hour by hour by Sean McDermott and has not been ruled out. Do you believe him or do you think this is what I keep terming as media warfare? <laughs> okay, serious question. How are you hour by hour with an injury? How? Like, imagine That's I weird. have a broken arm or something. Oh, yeah, I'm hour by hour. You know, it feels better someday, some one I hour I wish you would have got more specific. I would, we're, we're second by second. <laughs> Every second I get a text... Where is it at? Still not good. Still not good. Still not uh, good. Still not good. Oh, still better. Nope, still not good. Yeah, I mean, how can you believe this? How can you believe this buffoonery? Hour by hour? What? That they're actually checking on him every hour? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, believe Oh, it. yeah. At 5 o'clock. I think that was just him trying to get cute with At 5 o'clock, I could have gotten trucked by an NFL linebacker, but at 6 o'clock, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, I Check agree. Check back at 7 o'clock. I agree. Not not okay. Uh, last what one. What are we doing? For lie detector test. Twitter. <laughs> okay, so uh, um, I hope most people have been following, but the news with Twitter has been there's this question of verification, <laughs> of non-verification. Then for like 12 hours, you could pay to be verified, and it was just an absolute disaster. So lies detected on Twitter? Yes. Big lies detected on Twitter. Yeah, it, Adam Schefter mess. went out there. There was a fake Adam Schefter account. There was fake a fake LeBron yep, saying yep. he's like requesting <laughs> he's a trade. trade. Yeah, that was a good one. There's so it many was just fake a accounts. Disaster. Just a disaster. Uh, fake everything, dude. Uh, that's exactly hey, how here's this the real. Go. I guess here's the real lie detector. Elon Musk said, or has said, before he was going to buy Twitter, that he wanted to weed out the troll, the fake, and spam account. Now he's just making it and instead all. he's done the opposite. Yeah. So that's a lie for sure, right? Mm, yeah, you're right. Past Elon Musk is a big-time liar. a big-time liar, yes. Twitter's going to die, right? Are you sure? I think it is. I really do. I mean, because I will say, I am, take... I am very impressed with how quickly Elon has managed to put it down the tank. Yeah. Almost. Well, and that's I mean, we're thing, talking like, like four day, five days. When he purchased it, I was like, okay, I, I don't know, like... I'm sure he'll change. do some messed up stuff, and yeah, maybe like, there'll be a few anything, changes. It's, but. it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's almost, it's something that's so big that you think, well, surely one guy couldn't completely right. destroy the whole thing. The answer, yes, he could. Turns out he can. And so all it'll take is just like another social media app that does, because there are other social media apps, but this is like the sports and, and the news one, it feels like. Yeah. It's just going to take another social media app that does those things and starts to get inroads and people are like, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. And then we're transitioning over. How else are you going to fill your time that you normally spend on Twitter? There'll just be a new app. Like I said, it'll just Yo, be a new you're app. just going to switch to something else. I think that Twitter, no, I'm saying, like if Twitter died right now, yeah, the normal amount of time per day that you spend looking at Twitter, what would you then do with that time? Something productive. I honestly <laughs> like, I mean, we're all like addicted to Twitter if you're on Twitter, but 
there are a lot of times where I'm like, this sucks and I hate this and I would actually be kind of okay if it ended in a certain way. Now, I would feel like there would be certain news things and sports news things yeah, that I would I be like missing be out a lot on. Of, I feel like I'd be out of the loop. Yeah. But that's that's the whole idea of Twitter. They have basically addicted us all by being like, well, you got to stay on here. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on the news. And in reality, we used to get that stuff before. We just got it in other mediums. And maybe it wasn't, hey, we didn't find out two minutes after it happened. You found out an hour after it happened. It's like, does it really matter for us? So I actually, if it dies, like I'm not going to be sorely gonna like be okay upset with it. with it. I am okay. going to be okay with it. I do think it is going to die wow. within the next, I don't know, year or two. Twitter's number one hater, Derek Johnson. <laughs> He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That is our lie detector test for the week. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Before we go to break here, if you're looking for the perfect destination for your next social or corporate gathering, Venue 1235 has you covered. They're located right off I-70 and five minutes from downtown Lawrence. Venue 1235, a large climate-controlled event space with a catering kitchen, private suite, and a covered patio. Check out Venue 1235 today. This is RCST. We've got some Jason Bean audio coming up next on KLWN. Depend on it. Five o'clock hour, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. We've got some more KU football audio, then some KU basketball postgame audio coming throughout the hour here. Uh, Before we get to our game picks, I wanted to get to this story, which is kind of game pick-ish related and whatnot. Uh, So Virginia Tech had a player. He is a linebacker, Alan Tisdale. And when sports betting became legal in the – Uh, state of Virginia that January, he placed some bets on the NBA finals that occurred during the summer. And then they had their compliance meeting that like fall. And they, as part of that, were like, you can't do any uh, sports wagering or or gambling or whatnot. Like, even if it's not your sport. So he went and he, he told his coach about it and he was like, coach, I think I screwed up. Uh, He didn't know at the time, like he was legally of age and every, everything was, was good to go. Except the NCAA, for them, that's a no-no. Like, you can't gamble at all, which which does make some sense. But, again, this was betting on the NBA, and he self-reported it. He, he didn't know that he was doing anything wrong at the time, and then he found out at the compliance meeting. Self-reported it, and he got a nine-game suspension. It was just reduced to six games on an appeal. He missed more, He missed half of his senior season, for placing a little more than $400 in bets on a professional sport in the NBA that he does not play, in which produced $41 in winnings, so didn't do a very good job at betting on top of it. And the winnings were subsequently donated to charity, and yet he still was, for his senior season, suspended nine games, eventually moved down to six. Unbelievable. The NBA, the NCAA continues to be For again, a- something he was like, oh, crap, I didn't know that was okay. Like, I... I'm sorry. It like, used to be a clown show. Unbelievable, dude. Just absolute clown show. Yep. All right. Let's do uh, our game picks for the week. You are 42, 54, and 4. If you include your locks, you're 51, 62, and 6. And I am 45, 51, and 4 with my locks, 52, 63, and 4. So records so are we're pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. College football, we, we have we, the exact same record. Yeah, we both did the exact same last Which week. is not a good record. No. Yeah, we're both one and four last week, twenty-three and thirty-two overall. Let's try to do better this week. Number nine, Alabama, at number eleven, Ole Miss. The Crimson Tide are giving up twelve points. Listen, we both picked Bama last week against LSU. It both bit us. I just can't believe that Alabama is going to lose again. 
I just can't believe it. So I'm going with Alabama again. I am Alabama too. Again. I I don't think Ole Miss is like they're again, not that they're good. 11th. They're not I, that. I think good. they're closer to being like maybe the 18th best team. Which is there that big of a difference? I don't know. I kind of think there is. Um, there tends to be big drop offs like every tier you kind of go down of college football. They're 8-1, and one, and that's why they're ranked here. But, like, here's who they've beaten. Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Auburn, and Texas A&M. And the big wins before the season, you would have said, oh, A&M is a big win. No, not anymore. They, they suck. Auburn Kentucky's sucks. fine. Kentucky's like a fringe top 25 team. But they beat them by three on a game that Kentucky had, like, two fumbles in the red zone. So I don't think they're very good. They lost by 25 at LSU in, in their one kind of – real game they've played. I think Bama crushes them, to be honest. Okay. Especially coming off that loss. They're going to be pissed off. Number 22, UCF at number 17, Tulane. This could determine who wins the, I guess, regular season AAC title, but I think they meet again, possibly in the championship. And it could determine who makes the New Year's Six Bowl. Listen. Oh, think, Tulane's giving up one and a half. I think this game for Tulane, you're going to get the no college game day buff. And here's what I mean by that. College game day turned, turned away from Tulane. They said, no, Tulane, you're not good enough. We don't care about you, Tulane. That's gonna that's gonna make Tulane mad, mm. and you know what you know what also goes with that? Tulane is the <coughs> excuse me, they're the angry green wave. I don't think they're I don't think angry is in the mascot. Look at their mascot! Are you kidding me? He's a big he's an angry urgh, oh, so green you're just wave guy. that he's angry. I'm not no you know, look at their mascot. Pull up an image of their mascot. You don't have to infer anything. He's angry. I mean they're not they're not they're they're just the green wave. But I'm saying if you look at their mascot. He's the angry green wave. Okay. And they're going to be mad about no college game day. Give me Tulane. I'm going to go Tulane as well. I, I kind of want to pick UCF because, like, all the – I feel like the pressure is on Tulane here, but I don't know. I, I kind of can get on board with that being a, a thing. Like, it's going to be a super juiced-up crowd. I'll go with the green wave uh, by one and a half. It's basically a pick them at that point. Number 25, Washington at number six, Oregon. I'm taking Oregon here. Bo Nix has been the greatest quarterback of all time outside of the Georgia game. He has the best completion percentage in the country. Oregon Oregon has given up one sack the whole season. One. And I assume it was against Georgia. I'd no, not, it I wasn't. Oh, I didn't bother. It even crazier. I didn't bother looking into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, okay, it wasn't against Georgia. But anyways, yes, Oregon is going to win. Washington stinks. Give me Oregon. <laughs> I think this is going to be a fun, high-scoring game. Uh, Washington's defense, not great. Pretty good offense. Oregon, I mean, they're just kind of good on both ends. But uh, weirdly enough, like, Oregon stop rate, which defines, like, basically drives that you just basically stop them without, like, a turnover uh, or, like, a missed field goal or whatnot. You know who doesn't care about that? Jim Irsay. No, no, it's not. That That's probably analytics stem. But they're, like, ranked 100 and something. So the defense has left a little something to be desired, despite having some talent and overall putting up pretty okay numbers. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game where Washington goes back and forth because of that, and they won't get a ton of stops. So I think Oregon wins the game, but I, I think it's going to be a close game, back and forth with uh, high scoring. Number 19, Kansas State at Baylor. The Bears are unranked, but they're, they're giving up two and a half points. I am furious. Furious. You know what I'm furious about? Because you picked K-State I last picked week and they K-State didn't cover. I picked K-State last week. Why did I do that? Oh, I'm such a dummy. I'm so dumb. Why did I do that? You realize That's what's like going to happen now, rule. though, right? Like, now you're not going to pick them and they are going to cover. <laughs> I, I don't care. At least I'll feel good about not picking them. Give me Baylor. I'm going Kansas State just to fade you. I can't believe I picked K-State. I'm going yeah. K-State just to fade you. But I do think K-State uh, bounces back a little bit. I think these two teams are pretty even. 
Uh, also, Kansas Idiot. actually kind of needs K-State to win this if they want a chance of making the Big 12 title game. They got to win on Saturday, and they need Baylor to lose two of their last three. Okay. I'm taking K-State plus the two and a half. Number four, TCU at number 18, Texas. This is where game day is. Texas, though, is the team who's favored, and they're favored by seven and the hook. Yeah, I don't know about that line. I mean, listen, I, I do think that TCU has kind of been getting disrespected by the the books, Vegas, like most of the season. I'm pretty sure they were they were they were what four or five point underdogs against Oklahoma State at home. They I were think it, no, I think they were three point favorites against Oklahoma State. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, but they're being disrespected I here. They were, okay. Well, never mind. Well, anyways, yeah. I mean, I. I don't. I, that still doesn't really justify this line at all. Uh, I think I'm going to take TCU, but I don't. I'm not confident that TCU is going to win the game, but I think it's going to be a close game. That's where I'm at. I I think I like Texas to win the game actually and give TCU their first loss, but I do think that TCU keeps it close. That's you know they're just a good enough team and and that's kind of what they've been able to do, but. I don't know. If, if Texas, hypothetically, if Texas wins this game by like 21 points, what are we going to be saying on Monday about the Big I 12? I, I don't know. Or about the Kansas-Texas game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'll go TCU with the spread. Uh, lock of the week, so I'm 3-7, and seven, so I'm the unlock of the week. You're 5-5. Five and five. Who do you like this week? I'm going to go with Tennessee minus 20 against Missouri. I like this one. Missouri sucks. Missouri stinks. Tennessee... They need they need to they need some redemption after kind of getting beat up by Georgia, Tennessee minus twenty versus Missouri. Yeah, so I actually thought about taking this, and then I, I looked into Missouri a little bit, and weirdly enough, like most of their losses are like close. They're pretty losses. close. Yeah. So that's what scared me off, but I I do actually like this one Tennessee's for you. Tennessee's gonna yeah. clown on them. Tennessee mad after the Georgia game, and Tennessee has the type of offense that that can score sixty exactly, and then can cover that twenty point spread. Yes. So I I do yes. like that one for you. Uh, I'm gonna go Wisconsin Iowa with the under of thirty five points. I know it's a very small amount of points. There's a reason why. Because Iowa's <laughs> offense stinks. Wisconsin's defense is good. Iowa's off. Yep. Iowa's defense is good. Wisconsin's offense is meh. Yeah. So final yep. score: Wisconsin seventeen, Iowa ten, maybe. And then it's yeah, the under. That's pushing it. The only thing I'm worried about is the last time I took the under, it was Wisconsin Michigan State, and we were golden. What, and then it went to like double overtime. What you have to be lost. concerned about with this is Iowa might accidentally score like. Two defensive touchdowns. That's true. They get two safeties, two defensive touchdowns, a <laughs> kick return screwed. touchdown. Yeah, then the offense did nothing, but yep. they find still, a way to the over. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that is worrisome. On to the NFL, where on the season you are 19 22 and 4. I am 22 19 and 4. How about this? Last week of the five games we picked, three of them pushed. <laughs> so we both went 1 1 and 3 last week. Uh, first up this week, Seattle at Tampa Bay minus 2.5. Uh, give me Seattle here. I don't trust Tampa Bay. I'm this is in Seattle. Germany, by the way. I think I said at Tampa Bay. Oh, it's in Germany? Yeah. Oh, even more reason to pick Seattle. <laughs> Why is that more reason to pick Seattle? I don't know. <laughs> Actually, this would be, if it's in Germany, it would be less of a reason to pick mm -hmm. Seattle because of the jet lag theory. Yeah, Seattle's so going to be, the like, be like four hours behind, even more Correct. hours behind. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be trying to play a so game. Are you going to switch your pick? In which technically they'd be kicking off at like 5 a.m. Seattle time. That's crazy to think about. I didn't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because it, it, yes. it kicks off at eight thirty here, so there'd be six thirty Seattle time, yeah. which means the and, players and, but, are yeah, getting exactly. up into the stadium. I mean, if you're getting to the stadium three hours before the game, <laughs> exactly. you're basically getting there at three thirty a.m. Exactly. Yes. 
So are you sticking with Seattle? <sighs> yes. Okay. I'm Why going not? Tampa Bay. Screw it. Give me Seattle. Okay. Uh, Jacksonville at Kansas City. Chiefs are minus nine and a half. Kansas City, baby. Come on. I told you. They're gonna I told you what's gonna happen. They're gonna win twenty seven to fourteen. Thirty four to fourteen. So they're gonna cover the nine and a half. I am very confident in this pick. You know what's hilarious is I I went into the future and predicted what would happen correctly with the Tennessee game, and then I still picked Kansas City last week. Yeah, that was funny. And you actually had written out, you typed that you were gonna pick Tennessee, and then last second as we were making the picks, <laughs> you you did the the old change, which uh, yeah, and then, I thought was so. Really I funny. ended up being right, but I but also was wrong. Dumb. Yeah, was also wrong. I'm gonna take the Chiefs as well. I don't love that Vegas is saying. You know what's hilarious? We're not going to cover the big number. I don't know. What, what's hilarious about this is the line for Kansas City against Tennessee was Kansas City minus like 13, 12. Mm. They have more, the the books have more faith in Jacksonville than Tennessee. Explain that. That's interesting. I guess it's a Malik Willis <laughs> thing. I don't know. Uh, Minnesota at Buffalo. This is. I mean, if Josh Allen plays, this is by far the game of the weekend. But if he doesn't, it. Could be a stinker. I I don't know. Uh, Minnesota, Buffalo's given up three and a half at the time. Derek, what, what time is the game? I believe this is a noon game. Kirk Thuggins, baby! <laughs> Minnesota, come on! It's you not a prime time. Kirk Thuggins? You're damn right I did. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Thuggins, oh come on. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I'm going Minnesota as well, and, and a big reason why is we don't know the status of Josh Allen. Even if Josh Allen does play, there's a chance Minnesota can cover this line, and it's a close game, but... It's just, hey, it's hour by hour, so who are we to tell? Um, <laughs> I, hate, I hate that so much. Yeah, give me Minnesota plus the three and a half. If, if Case Keenum is the starter, though, it could be a Case Keenum revenge game. You know, he he took Minnesota to the uh, NFC yep, Championship game, and then they didn't re-sign him, and he goes to the, like, the what, Broncos? I don't know where he went. And he's like, you should have re-signed me. Wasn't he on the Commanders? I think so. For a brief, I mean, he's been all over. He went like Broncos, Commanders, I, I think somewhere else in between there. Um but he had that one great year with Minnesota, which, by the way, I feel like there's a lot of parallels you could make between that Minnesota team and whatever that was, like 2017 maybe, okay. and this Seattle team. Right? You have the journeyman quarterback who's been a backup mostly, Geno Smith, Case Keenum, who just has this resurgent great year out of nowhere. You've got some really good receivers on the outside, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Um, you've got the, the young running back who's going off. I think Dalvin Cook at that point. Was was going off for the team. You've got the young running back with Kenneth Walker. Like, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of defenses that are playing well. Like a lot of similarities, kind of between those two teams. Nonetheless, I'm going Minnesota. Uh, L. A. Chargers at San Francisco. The 49ers are giving up seven points. Yeah, seven that is seems a, like a big line, right? <laughs> it does seem like a big line, but I'm gonna take it. I think this is a Vegas nose line where mm. San Francisco is gonna just run Christian McCaffrey. They're gonna dominate defense defensively. They're gonna win big. Give me the Niners. I just I feel like people are sleeping too much on the Chargers. I, they were a hospital. I, I yeah, that's true. But like, they're only a game back of the Chiefs, and they almost beat the Chiefs. And the, yes, you're right. A lot of the players are they injured. Almost lost to the Falcons. So it is a very different Chargers team than the one that did play the Chiefs with all those guys injured. Um, I mean, the Falcons almost beat them. I think they cover the seven. Okay. I think it's a close game. Washington at Philadelphia. The I almost said the Isn't Phillies. Is this a Monday they, night game? Yeah, this is. Eagles okay. are giving up 11. I'm going to roll with the Eagles. Why not? I, I mean, I understand Washington is like kind of a sneaky, not that bad team. But I I, I don't know. I just got a feeling on this one. I'm, I think Philadelphia is going to win. That's kind of what I'm banking on here. 
that it's just they're a sneaky, not bad team, and they they and keep they it lose, close. They lose by ten. Yeah, they lose by seven or ten, right? Yeah. Uh, Taylor Heineke does enough to to kind of keep them in the game, and, and the Eagles' offense like can't run away with it. It ends twenty-seven to seventeen. What is your lock of the week? Where you are four, three, and two. My lock of the week is Dallas minus four and a half against Green Bay. Listen, I, I just I think this is going to be the final nail in the coffin of Green Bay. Like officially done, dead, gone. Sorry, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Suck. <laughs> I, I think, I like I think Dallas one. is going to win big. Yeah, Michael Parsons just going to end Aaron Rodgers' career. Uh, I am four and five on locks. I'm going to go Chicago minus three against Detroit. I really like the turn that Justin Fields has gone on. That this offense has looked so much better over the last like three games now. Picking Detroit, against my guy Dan Campbell. I know, but Detroit's coming off a win. Like, you really think the Lions are going to get back-to-back wins? Like, this is what they do. They lose That's close true. games. That's true. Uh, so maybe well, it'll can, be a they, push. Yeah, they can, yeah, yeah. That's scary. But I just I, I like the way Chicago's gone. I still don't think the Lions are a very good team, so I'm going to take the uh, Chicago Bears as my lock of the week. By the There's, way, what? So I just saw this Seth Davis because the Michigan State Gonzaga basketball game starts in like ten minutes on the aircraft carrier. Uh, yeah. And Michigan State's going to be shooting into a basket where the sun is coming into down. The sun. Yeah. And dude, there's no way. First half oh. under points oh, for no. Michigan State. Real lock of the week. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's you, on an aircraft carrier. Derek just showed me the picture, but you can't see the picture, I guess. But the picture yeah. is the sun is in the eyes of the guy shooting. Very bad. Very bad. Okay, that is our uh, game picks for the week with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we have Lorenzo McCaskill audio. After that, we've got some KU basketball postgame audio. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.